Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. You know, in the week leading up to his death and resurrection, a lot of things happened. It was a week full of highs and lows. His triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And the people shouting, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. That was the high. And then one day later, he was on his face weeping over the same city that just the day before was praising him. There was his last meal with his disciples and where he washed their feet. And then there was his agony at Gethsemane. So it's Thursday night, midnight. The week had been full of final moments. The final visit to the temple. The final sermon. The final meal. The last supper. That's what we call it. And now the most emotional hour of the week, the final prayer. And this is the place where Jesus' resolve and his love for humankind will be tested to breaking point. The garden, it's in shadows. The the olive trees are old. And there he is in the olive grove on the ground. The 33-year-old carpenter, the man... There he is, his clothes are covered in sweat and and he's kneeling one minute and he's lying prostrate the next on the ground and he's imploring, he's crying out and his hair is is plastered to his forehead because he's in agony. And just over, just over to the right, over in the trees, there's a sound and it's snoring. And Jesus looks across the garden at his dearest friends, the ones he's walked with, the ones he's shared meals with, the the ones he's trained, the ones he's poured himself into over the last three years, and they're asleep. They're snoring, sound asleep. They aren't woken by his cries and they aren't moved by his distress. They aren't worried by his agony. And he stands and he walks through the shadowed trees and and he squats down in front of them and he asks, can't you stay awake with me? And the Lord, because the Lord of the universe, he does not want to be alone. And he can understand their weariness because he's given them more in the last few hours than they can ever possibly understand. They'd never talked so much. They'd... They'd never seen him speak with such urgency and his words were fervent. They were insistent. And then he finds himself there at Gethsemane and his his three closest friends are there with him, but he's alone. Let's rewind a few hours. And it's still Thursday night and it's a few hours earlier. And he's just washed their feet. They've eaten together. He's told them he's going to be betrayed. 
He's told Peter, he said, Peter, you're going to deny me. Peter says, come on. Everyone else will deny you. Everyone else will walk away, but not me. Not me, Jesus. And he's told them what's going to happen to him. And, and they don't understand, of course, because nothing makes sense to them anymore. They're very confused. And he sits and he looks around the table, knowing full well what he's about to face. And he stops and he looks at his dearest friends. And he, he, who knows? Maybe he's thinking about all the things they've done together in the last three years. I mean, who could forget Peter jumping out of the boat and walking on water? Feeding the 5,000. All the things they did when he raised a dead son to life and gave him back to his mother. And the times at Mary and Martha and Lazarus's place where they fellowshiped and ate and, and laughed. And then, of course, when Lazarus was raised from the dead, maybe, maybe he was looking at his closest friends and thinking about that. But maybe he's not looking back as much as he's looking forward and he's thinking about everything these men are going to face in the next 72 hours. Maybe he's thinking about how they're going to react to his arrest. And his heart breaks for them. Because it will be the last time that he sees them before they abandon him. And he knows what they will do. He knows what they will do and the soldiers come and he knows that it's actually not very long now until that happens. But even with this knowledge, he doesn't accuse them. He doesn't lecture them. He doesn't berate them. And he doesn't punish them. Same for us. What does he do? Instead, he does something that shows his great, 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 great love for them. It shows his desire for them to succeed. He does something some will think is crazy. What does he do? Quite simply... He prays for them. His last moments with his disciples are spent in prayer. And I'm here to tell you today that those words he speaks are true to, as true today as they were way, way back then. Imagine for a moment that you find yourself in the situation that Jesus found himself in, obviously not going to die, but in your last moments, in your final hour with your dearest and nearest, your spouse, your, your child, your parent, your friend, what would you say? What, what would you do? What words would you choose? What would you leave with them? It's worth noting that Jesus chose to pray at this point and that he chose not only to pray for them, but he chose to pray for us. John 17 says, I'm praying not only for those disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me 
through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. We need to remember that in his final time with his disciples, Jesus chose to pray and he prayed for them and he prayed for you. He looked into heaven and you were his vision. He prayed for you. He looked forward to the pain he was going to face and his final pain was for you. He looked toward the beating and the insults and the belittling and the ridicule and it was all for you. His final passion was for you. And after they finish the prayer, they leave the upper room and they walk through the valley up the path that will take them to Gethsemane. And he turns then and he, and as he steps into the garden, he invites Peter, James and John to come too. And he tells them his soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. The path before him was so difficult. And he knew no one else could do what he had to do. No angel could do it. No man could do it. No force on earth can face the force of evil and win except God. His humanity begged to be delivered from what his divinity could see coming up ahead. Is there any other way? He said. But even in the struggle and even in the fight and even in the agony and even in the distress, he knew he couldn't walk away. Why? Why couldn't he walk away? The reason he couldn't walk away was because of you. Quite simply, he saw you. Way, way back then, over 2,000 years ago, he saw you and he knew that the only way he could ever be in heaven with you was to go to hell for you. And he made the choice and he straightened his shoulders and he walked ahead straight into his betrayal and arrest and crucifixion on the cross. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama shabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God in heaven forsook his son, Jesus, to an agonizing death on a cross for you and for me. Some people have a picture of God, arms folded, shaking his head with a scorecard. His arms are not folded. His arms are wide open, just like Jesus' arms were wide open when he died on the cross for us. He is inviting you to come to him today. He is asking you to come to him today. Matthew 27 says, Then Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split. Such was the power Such was the consequence of Jesus' death on the cross that nature responded. The whole earth shook. 
And as it did, everything changed forever. God made him who had never sinned to become sin so that we could know him and be in relationship with him. And every single person is invited. All we need to do is believe. When Jesus prayed for his disciples in their last gathering, he prayed for everyone who will ever believe in me. Those were his words. Can I have the band up? So will you choose today to be counted in that prayer? Will you choose today to be counted in the prayer that Jesus prayed? All you have to do is believe in him. Matthew 27 says the Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. They said this man truly was the son of God. There were lots of people there when Jesus died. Lots of people who were religious. Lots of people who were very against him. And when some of the soldiers saw his death on the cross and experienced the earthquake and, and all that happened in those final moments, they were convinced. They said, this man was the son of God. And they believed. How about you? Do you believe? During the trial of Jesus, he was sentenced to death on the cross. And he was brought before a man whose name was Pilate. And after a lot of questioning and discussion, Pilate went back to the Jewish leaders. And he said these words. In Matthew 27, he said, Then what should I do with Jesus, who is called Messiah? What should I do with him? Maybe you're here today and you're like Pilate and you're curious about this Jesus. Pilate was, he was curious. Maybe you're puzzled, maybe you're just not sure, but what do you do with a man who claims to be God but hates religion? With a man who says, I'm the Saviour. What will you do with Jesus today? You can reject him or as many already have, you can decide that God coming to earth, putting on skin and becoming a carpenter is way too bizarre to walk away from. You can accept him. You can journey with him. You can listen for his voice amongst the other hundreds of voices that shout at us every day. Pilate, he thought he could avoid making a choice and so he washed his hands of Jesus. But in not making a choice, he actually made a choice and that was to reject him. So I want to ask you again today, what do you do? What will you do 
with Jesus. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.